This is Popscast, Lakeview Christian Center's podcast for dads. I'm Nick Missios, coordinator of Lakeview's Pops Ministry. Every month, I'll be sitting down with other dads discussing how we can better practically love and lead our families and talking through the highs and lows of what it means to be a dad. On this episode of the Popscast, I sit down with Aaron Vogel. Aaron talked to us at our last Pops meeting about helping our kids navigate the terrain of social media and using our kids' social media usage as a tool to help us navigate the terrain of their hearts. Aaron and I talk about managing social media in our own lives before moving on to a variety of other topics, including staycations and funerals. If that doesn't pique your interest, I don't know what will. So without further ado, here's Aaron. Hey there, guys. Welcome to the second episode of the Popscast. Uh, I'm Nick Missios. I am your host here. I'm with Aaron Vogel, who talked to us a few weeks ago about social media and how he manages it with his kids and tries to be a guide to them. Uh, for those of you who don't know Aaron, I want Aaron to introduce himself and give us, Aaron, your dad credentials. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us about your family. Lots of street cred there. Yeah. Um, I've been married for 18 years four biological kids and were foster parents to a little girl for um, all, almost 18 months now. And um, so, yeah, five kids for the last 18 months. Oldest is about to be 17. And then youngest is uh, biological nine. And then little girl we're taking care of is five years old. She turned five just recently? Uh, December. Oh, cool. Same birthday as Ashley, my wife. Oh, cool. Very cool. Um, did you have a big party for that? Yeah, we did. It was actually a, a nice blended party with her entire family and then oh, okay. our cool. f- friends and family at a park locally. Awesome. Uh, so I asked David in our first episode this, uh, what's the daddest thing about you? Like, man, that guy's such a dad. Uh, man. What's the daddest thing about you? Can you define daddest for me? Uh, are you like the dad who always goes around turning off all the lights? Are you the dad who... <laughs> Uh, mows the lawn in his white sneakers or, you know, are you- okay, here's a good one. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Ashley can't stand it, but if I come home from work I, if, and I go outside in the garden and weeding the garden, my, what I do is I change everything, save my socks. And mm-hmm. so my socks are always, um, you know, long socks, maybe they're colored or patterned or striped or whatever yeah. it may be. And of course I go out there with shorts, a tee and shoes and coming from work and she just cannot handle it. And I know it probably looks inappropriate in a, in a proper neighborhood, but uh, I really don't care. And my logic is like why I have to change my shirt. I have to change my shorts and my shoes. I don't have to change my socks. You don't have to change your underwear. You don't change your underwear. You just change what you have to and don't change what you don't have to. Yeah. Now, uh, are they, so you don't do like the fun pattern socks, right? Do you do any of those? Like, you know? uh, less so. I, I have a couple pairs, but less so now. Now, the funny thing is if you did take your socks off for some reason, putting them out back on would be just plain gross and weird. I don't, I'm not a big fan of that. But you'll wear them the whole time. It's yeah, just, it's, absolutely. It's um, all right, what's the least dad thing about you? What if, what would you lose dad cred for? Um, I don't know. Aside maybe, from Taylor Swift album listening. Yeah, I guess, I guess uh, maybe I've stayed really, really in touch with music and I've stayed by nature of my vocation. It allows me to stay feeling young in my attire because it's, it's just, it's not very serious. It's burgers and fries. Um, so I think those things like 
I show up to work in the same way my son shows up to work kind of thing. Right. And so yeah. that's kind of what it feels like. And, and lots that, of hats as a result. And you don't have to shave very often. Yeah. So all kinds of fun non-dad things. Yeah, in that sense, as you're like, you know, you, you know, you're, you're, you're this thriving donut magnate, right. And yeah. you, uh, magnate, you, great word. you have all these, <laughs> all these, uh, millennial employees right so you have like not just like the five kids at home will make fun of you if you dress like a dorky dad you've got dozens of people who will make fun of you if you dress like a dorky dad yeah, right yeah you can't do that so yeah so you've got that that accountability there for your your hipness factor that you have to constantly answer you can't you don't escape from it when you go to work yeah know? it's like you know the people that i work with would probably be like please don't mess this up for all of us yeah, I think I, I work in an industry where I would get made fun of if I dressed too cool. Yeah, because I work with a bunch of like middle-aged and boomer type guys yeah. who would probably be like, "Why do you think you're a, a 25 year old?" Right. Whereas if you dress like you're, you know, a 25 year old, you're like fitting right in the group. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't do socks and slides casual, but you know, I can buy a pair of Jordans and wear them to work, and that's a lot of fun. I would catch I would catch flack for that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Right. Right. Um. Well, I appreciate you taking time away from that. Uh, Aaron and I are both, by the way, our wives are off at a, at a conference this weekend together. It's a pretty dad uh, thing to do. Yeah. And so we are just like, we're flexing our dad muscles hard being single dads at home for a little while and living what our li wives live literally every single day. And then like, I can go to work anytime because our restaurant's open all the time. So I find myself at work while she's going the entire time accidentally. Yeah. And your kid's just hoping that they don't, they're just like Lord of the Flies back at home. And you're just hoping you come back and the place is still standing. Yeah, that's good times. Um, no, we were saying, I think it's it's fun on this. And we'll talk a little bit more about this later. It's kind of fun as a, as a change of pace, right, for us. Uh, whereas it's their, it's their daily grind. It's just a different, right. different world. Um, but I do appreciate you taking time away, uh, bringing your girls over to play with my kiddos to talk about what you talked about last month at Pops, which was social media. And we approached it really, first of all, from a, a get to know your kids as opposed to getting to know social media because new social media platforms are popping up faster than you and I can keep up with that, right? Um, give us the 50,000 foot flyer over that for anybody who wasn't there and, and hasn't listened to it, but they're maybe listening to this. Um, what's the mindset there? Right. And you said it, but um, social media technology always changes. It will always change. It's always going to advance and get better and look more compelling or appetizing. Uh, our, our kids don't change like technology. So it would seem more appropriate to find uh, focused ways to get to know our kids rather than get to know our technologies. Um, you know, I think there's a little bit of a temptation to, you know, if you're trying to be more hip to your kids, you might say, oh, well, let me get to learn the technologies. And so like I have relatability and connectivity toward these things. Or if you're more of a fear monger with regard to technology, you might say, oh, let me get to know it because I need to tell them what to stay away from. Right. Um, and and to a certain degree, if, if done in a healthy way, those both can be helpful for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but for, for me, my, my approach has been, man, I just want to get to know my kids and then figure out why they're wanting to kind of spend and extend themselves toward whatever it might be, whether this version of technology or academics or athletics. Um, and then that I think, you know, is, is more helpful in guiding them toward things that would hopefully be healthy. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like 
almost in some ways, if you, if you take the approach of like, I'm just going to focus on my kids and not try to, I think almost you risk less looking less in touch, the more you try to keep in touch with it. Mm-hmm. You end up just being a little bit out of step and being like that. That was so last year as opposed to, Oh, my dad just doesn't do that, which right. is maybe laughable at first, but then at a certain point in time, I bet becomes more relatable to them when they get frustrated with it. Yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm sure most, if not all dads, we don't have time to stay in touch with the constant change, the constant language change, the narrative change about what technology, how you interact with people, how you date people, all those things. And so, yeah, I think to your point, you, you look a little bit behind, uh, but if you're constantly tapping into their heart and figuring out how to engage them, you're right on time every time, you know, hopefully is the idea. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, what about you? So you you work again with a bunch of younger folks. Um, your your average employees probably in their twenties, right? Early twenties, early twenties. Yeah, um, and so, and your business model has a lot of social media presence, right? You guys, for a while, there we were talking about this. I we'll talk about what what social media we use, but for a while, I only used Instagram to see what donuts were at district. Um, <laughs> This episode, by the way, is brought to you by District because Aaron brought donuts over to my house to record this. Um, so, yeah, I guess my point is how much of that involves you? How much of that is completely outsourced? What is your interaction with social media and how has that informed how you look at how your kids use social media? Yeah. Um, you know, so for my business, uh, it, we've it's been super helpful. Uh, people want to engage food on social media for sure. They want to change. They want to engage changing uh, food in social media mm-hmm. and food that looks appealing, talk worthy, fun. You kind of want to tell your friend about it. You want to snap a photo and then send it to them. So there's a huge engagement piece uh, with regard to our business and social media. Uh, my business partners handled that primarily, and so that's not something that's been on my plate to constantly be thinking through the creative element or just showing up on a daily basis. <laughs> So largely for me, it's, 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 I'm aware of it. I see it. I'm, I'm obviously with it, uh, but it, it has not consumed me in a way that I have to kind of consistently post. And on a personal level right now, I mean, Instagram's really the only thing that I connect with. Same story. Um, I have a 10 minute per day thing on my phone that, you know, iPhone shuts it down after 10 minutes. And so, um, I'll, you know, whatever. I'm looking at basketball most of the time and sports, things like that. Of course, my wife, if the occasional post that she has. Um, So it hasn't, it hasn't, you know, Facebook and things that, you know, I don't know, early 2000s and and teens, I've not really kept with and haven't used social media as a communication mechanism with friends or former friends for the most part. Uh, it's, it's just, I mean, the primary usage for me that I relate to is our business. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like you, I follow, I said, I follow district. I follow like three or four accounts on Instagram. Uh, one of them is my wife just to kind of keep up with, Oh, this is what she's posting about the kids or about her business and, uh, helps me to stay in touch and just kind of keep a tab on what, what's important to her that I can try to tap into the same values there with her. Uh, and just enjoy, you know, the things that, that she's enjoying about the kids when she's posting on there. Um, I did for a while, I spent a lot of time on Facebook and, and Twitter and found myself just dealing with like just irritation and kind of, and I eventually just got like outrage fatigue, you know, or I was just like, this is, 
everyone's so angry about everything, that whole side of social media that I think our kids are dealing a little bit with a different element of that, uh, or the older kids are. My kids aren't in the social media age yet, but I know for me, I felt like, man, this is just exhausting. Like, and I think for kids, they deal with a different version, like I said, where it's instead of trying to impress random people with their logical arguments, it's with uh, their appearance or cool things they do or what they wear or money or whatever it is. But it's that constant trying to impress people that is just exhausting, you know? Uh, maybe it's easier when you're a teenager and you don't have as much stuff to do. But I had the point where I realized, like, if I'm going to be an effective dad, I just don't have the time to put into this. Like, I, if I'm doing that, I'm leaving something else undone that needs to be done. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's social, you know, for me, like, I've I've stopped posting for at least, at least a couple years. Um I, I don't know. I, I think that was probably just organic on some level, just probably busy. And then when I realized, oh, it's been a while, I, I, I was like, why? You know, I just asked mm -hmm. myself the question, like, why? Why would I go back to it? Yeah. Um, and it just comes down to like, I don't think my life is altogether interesting to hundreds of people to such a degree that I would personally take time, be intentional, be thoughtful. At this stage of my life, I just for the usage that I was using it, right, and yeah. that's that's a, that's an interesting conversation because there's a lot of usages or reasons why, rather, that are very very solid. And yeah. I would I would say, man, like social media should be, uh, if you have something to say consistently to people, if you have content that raises awareness, that educates, that equips, that informs, that instructs, you know, th those would be more positive ways. That's not why I was using it. Um, it would have been just pictures of my life on some level with my family primarily. And mm -hmm. I don't think anyone outside of my mom finds that largely interesting. It, yeah, actually it helps. My my wife's family has a uh, kind of a, just a group family. Uh, I think it's a WhatsApp that they mm -hmm. use and I'm, I'm on that as well. And so it's a way of sharing pictures or I'll share, I'll text pictures to my, my dad or my sister or whoever just like, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is what the kids are doing. She'll text pictures. And, it's a way of, hey, these are the people that actually care as opposed to all the people I imagine care, but don't really. Uh, and the people who, when I, you know, when when my family goes on a trip, um, you know, Angel's parents are in the Virgin Islands right now. Nice, right? So we're getting pictures of that. Or if we go someplace, we're genuinely like, for the most part, I think we're just happy for each other to be there. We're enjoying the trip along with them. And and I think when you're on a trip and somebody's like vicariously enjoying it with you, that's fun. Mm -hmm. Um and when I see other people on the trip that I know, like my family, I feel like I care about, uh, I'm enjoying with them. But then it's like when I see other people, that's when it starts to drift for me into the envy side of things. Like, look at all these. I remember being on a trip with Angel one time um, that was off for work and she was able to come with me for a couple of days. And we're like in this beautiful bed and breakfast uh, near uh, in Sedona, Arizona. It's gorgeous. And I saw somebody else posting pictures about a trip that they were on and was feeling envious of their vacation while I was on vacation. I just realized like, I'm like, how discontent am I? And, and how can I, how can I divorce that from myself? And right. I think part of it is just like not constantly watching what everybody else is doing, but just doing the thing in front of me, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I was at a funeral today and in funerals, you're, you're greeted often with people who are speaking with, around ideas of, kind of the beauty of that person's life and the celebratory pieces of that life. And wow, yet it was so common, such a mm -hmm. common life. But man, we just kind of highlight these elements and these pieces. But it, it typically comes back around to like, but overall, 
this person's life was a beautiful life, um, yeah. well-lived, meaningful, all these types of things. I think social media, you know, kind of, it almost resurrects similar feelings that you would kind of experience in a funeral, which is just like this highlighted, yeah. what everyone kind of says about you and how like you make them feel and man, yeah. with that smile or the place they were and they educate, you know, they taught you this, they brought you there, all those types of things. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think like, we, you know, especially as dads, man, we have so much to focus on every day that's super common, right. but very much a highlight for yeah. our lives, for our kids' lives. And, and there are moments all the time that are snappable, you know, and you could throw them up on any form of social media. But, you know, how do you figure out how to um, tell that story to your kids, tell that story to yourself, celebrate that on a daily basis without having to acknowledge that, oh, this would be good for someone else. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot of, I mean, that that's not why everyone does it, but I think that's why a lot of people do it. You know, it's like, oh, this is definitely like, this would be great on that platform right? Uh, versus this is great for this reason um, and just enjoy it and be in the moment. Yeah. I have a couple of thoughts on that. Uh, one is definitely what you described there was kind of the, the, the thesis, the, the main kind of emphasis of the movie up which is, you know, this, this idea of what is adventure? What is the beauty? What's the fun of life? Um, one of my favorite movies ever, because Carl's got this idea that like life, the adventure is getting to Paradise Falls, right? That's the adventure. And at the end, I'm like choking up just thinking about this right now. I'm admitting this on a dad's podcast. It's a very dad thing me cry, you do right now. <laughs> um, when you got kids and you get like 10 years in a marriage, that movie hits different. <laughs> um, and then he finds that her, her, scrapbook at the end and like her adventure was all the things that he thought was like getting in the way of the adventure right and then mm -hmm. that's like for like just doing life with this guy yeah. is the adventure it's not about going to this amazing place and i think i think you're right there's social media it's easy to post like you know the the beautiful places people go and get wrapped up in those things and forget that like you know our kids playing in the backyard right now swinging and jumping on the trampoline like that's beautiful, right? That's a great thing. Yeah, pants off, you know, all that. It's great. <laughs> Emmett has a problem with his pants falling down <laughs> constantly. Um, so, yeah, I think we, uh, I think we as dads would just do well to, to remember and stay focused on the, the things that are in front of us. You know, and you talk about going to a funeral. I, I remember going to Mr. Ray Pratt's funeral. Uh, I guess it was last year. Yeah. And just thinking, uh, A, hearing, seeing that how full the place was and feeling like, oh, that's kind of, it's not, that's not the real, like number one motivation. It's like, but that's kind of, that should be a goal. Like, let's get lots of people here. Like lots mm -hmm. of people who felt touched and affected by his life. Um, and, and then just also feeling like afterwards I told on I was like, I need to go to one of these every year. Like I, I, once mm -hmm. I hit 40, I was like, I should probably go to a funeral every year. Mm -hmm. Um, because there's something about that teach us to number our days on and up. It's just like, just remind what's, what's the, what's the end goal here? You know, that this is going to happen. Um, and get myself a sense of perspective and um, and remind myself of what matters and what yeah. doesn't. You know, what you hear the people talk about versus what you don't hear talked about, which is their social media feed. Mm -hmm. You know, that stuff's just not getting mentioned right. in these funerals. They're talking about moments. Yeah. And, and I can't, you know, imagine, like I kind of fills me with dread to think about times that I might have wasted doing something stupid on my phone playing a dumb game or something that like, those are moments that I don't get back with my kids, you know? Mm -hmm. So tomorrow I get to wake up and do tomorrow one time. I get to do it one time. Am I going to do it or not? You know, and that living the life to the dregs, like really just 
enjoying my family, enjoying the people I'm around, enjoying the church I'm in, enjoying those people, I think is, that's kind of the, the funerals put that in perspective yeah. for me. Anyway, and that's not to disparage going on adventures either. You sure. know, that's, um, I think that's fun and it's enjoyable. And, and uh, it kind of leads into what we also want to talk to you about. And I'll give you some backstory on this. Uh, I, I gave Aaron an assignment um, for this week's uh, recording. So my wife and I did a little kind of weekend getaway thing. Um, and we were just sitting talking about uh, the value for our relationship of just getting away, like in town, we were just doing a staycation um, and we did uh, brunch and uh, stayed at a, at a hotel and just kind of hung out. And we were talking about the value of doing that and why more guys don't do it. So we talked about just guys that I'd talked to like, yeah, man, I've never been away without the kids. And I thought about you because I know that it's a value that you have pretty high in your marriage of taking time personally to get away just with Ashley. Um, so I wanted to pick your brain on this and I wanted to do it in a style um, of a show that I've seen online called Worth It, where these guys go and try three different foods cooked three different ways at three different restaurants, one low end, one mid range and one high end. So it would be like the $1 donut from Baker's Dozen, uh, the $4 donut from District, and then like the $100 donut with gold leaf on it at some fancy place in New York, right? Someone and, feeds you. And they, yeah, so somebody feeds for you. Uh, they'll chew it for you too if you, if you pay <laughs> extra. Um, and the question is, which is the most worth it? Well, I kind of want to take that approach to the staycation getaway idea because one of the big things that guys run into is, is a time crunch and a money crunch. So, you know, it's not free. We all have bills to pay. Um, and so some guys can afford big extravagant things and some guys can't. Some people, you know, money's tight. Um, but I always like to think of the cost of doing something versus the cost of not doing something. And I think that taking a little bit of time, a little bit of effort to do these kinds of things can be huge for the marriage. I, I almost would say like, I'd save up my weekly date nights, put them, you know, stay at home date nights, pick up food or something like that, hang out when the kids go to bed and then save up for bigger quarterly or monthly type deals. So, um, so I asked Aaron to come up with some ideas of a great budget staycation, uh, a mid-range staycation, and then a baller staycation. And I'm going to pitch some ideas as well as he, as we just bounce ideas off each other. I don't have probably a full itinerary as much as he has, but um, the idea is to give you guys all ideas about ways to do this. The rules I gave him were they can't last more than 48 hours. You cannot get on a plane to go anywhere. Um, and that's about it. So uh, let's talk first for the guy that money is in a crunch. So, yeah. you know, now, Bill, and I'm just going to say, like, these are things I completely contextualize this stuff to me. Yeah. And to Ashley. So, um, sure, that I makes think, sense. I think everyone has their own. Yeah. kind of story or like, Hey, we had experiences here or we had yeah. fun events when we were dating, you know, not married yet or whatever. Yeah. Be. So, um, that's know. true. Yeah. I think you're right. So again, you may, you may figure out through this, how to take Aaron's wife or my wife out on staycation. <laughs> we wouldn't approve of that, but if you can take the principles and apply them kind of like Keith's first talk to your individual wife yeah. and your individual circumstances, then that would be, uh, That'd be wise for you. Yeah, that's right. So start with your with your guy who like, you know, they're making ends meet. Uh, they're trying to take just a little bit of time to get away. How, yeah, I, I, I'd start my day at Waffle House. Okay. Um, it, it has all the elements. Uh -huh. It has a bit of a show. Yeah. You can watch them cook. Right. Uh, it's got the coffee. Yeah. It's got a very splittable waffle. 
Yeah. And the meal that you can get with the waffle comes with like three other items. Mm-hmm. Um, they're friendly. They're nice. The tables, <laughs> tables are always sticky. The syrup, <laughs> pre-COVID, I never wanted to touch the syrup anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Waffle House to me is like, it's something that this is, this is, I hope my kids remember this. I, for sure they will. I hope they remember it as a positive thing. But like the last several years, we've been going to Waffle House as a family even for like either Thanksgiving morning or Christmas morning. That's awesome. It's awesome. I think it's so fun. I think it's like, dude, these kids are going to grow up and be like, listen to how dad my dad was. <laughs> At least they know it's weird. House. At least they don't think it's completely normal that they do this and be like, what, your mom and dad didn't take you to Waffle House on Christmas? What's wrong with yeah, you? Yeah, I, I, uh, we, we have a blast with that. So, But I, I do think like Waffle House is just something about a diner, I guess. Um, so I think another thing that uh, getting on a bicycle Okay. And getting outside is a really, really cool thing. Um, so going up to the lake, uh-huh. maybe behind the Treasure Chest Casino off of Williams Boulevard, feel mm-hmm. a little bit bougie if you're out there at the casino. Yeah. Like you want to spend the $18 at the buffet, but you're not quite going to do that. Right. Um, or taking a ride through the French Quarter or maybe even getting to the French Quarter on the Lafitte Greenway. Yeah. That's, um, that's a super, super nice. And there's lots of little places to stop off of there too. Hay yeah. Cafe is a really good one to get a cup of coffee. Yeah. There's all these parks that you can kind of mm-hmm. go do some quick workouts and and hang out and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So yeah, I think I think getting on a bicycle is a a great way to see the city in a way you don't see it normally. Yeah, uh, and particularly the Greenway into into the quarter, and then maybe I mean heading uptown. There's there's tons of great paths to, to do sure. that uh, with someone special. Um, Where are you staying? Are you staying in a place nice? Uh, well, I'm not there yet. Okay, sorry. Bud's Broiler. Okay. Gotcha. We're definitely, I mean, this is a, this is a must. This is okay. a number four, no onions. Give me the sauce. Okay. I'm going to do an extra sauce on the side. Okay. I, it's 25 cents, but this is, it's <laughs> worth the quarter. I usually would go outside in the parking lot and find that quarter to make it worth it. That you're going to find out somebody's leftover sauce. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that's totally appropriate. And now I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to say something that might just be very disgusting, but this was part of our life um, as a, as a couple. Um, I think that night I might plan that night, uh, when my parents are out of town and I'm going to crash at my folks' house for free. (laughs) (laughs) You can't beat the free lodging, right? (laughs) We, when um, we were married young, we were uh, going to build a house and I was 20, 21 and we moved in with my folks so we could save some money while we did that. You know, it's funny. We actually, my wife and I, on our honeymoon, we drove up and stayed in the Ozarks for a while. And on the way back, we crashed at her parents' house when they weren't there. So, uh, you know, I love that whole... It's just kind of warm. Yeah. You know, going back home. Yeah. Um, it's it's There's something special about it. I, I love your whole plan. I think I would probably go Camellia Grill over Waffle House. Okay. But just because it feels more New Orleans. I'm not spending gas to get to the city, though. That's the difference. I'd hop in the streetcar. Well, uh, how are you getting there from Metairie? That's a good point. Well, yeah. Right? I'm, right. I'm trying to keep this, like, down the street. Sure, I hear you. Um, and then you're going super cheap. <laughs> yes, bicycles I like only. I like that. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, I, I would probably do that. And then I'd probably find a different burger joint than, than uh, but I do love a good burger and we both, or a good chicken sandwich. Um, both those things we, we really dig. So the spirit of this whole thing is a bit divey. Yeah. That, that, like for me, that's like, that's part I, of the fun. Like if I had enough money to go buy a drink that night, which I don't under this right. scenario, I find the dive bar. Right. So yeah. I'm looking for things that are like, 
And it, you know, it's just, we're not doing much. I mean, I, I, you notice like we're not doing dinner either. Right. We're doing breakfast and lunch and then we're going to my parents for dinner. <laughs> yeah, we're their leftovers. <laughs> Love it. Um, all right. So let's just say right now you've got a bit of a bonus or a raise. Maybe your stimmy came in, right? So you've got a little bit of money to throw out like a mid-range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mid-range deal. What are you doing? Uh, we're definitely, this is for Ashley. We're going to Willa Jean. Okay. We're going in the uh, South Market District area to, to go to uh, breakfast brunch at Willa Jean. Um, we're we're going to walk down to Mammoth Espresso on okay. Barone and we're going to grab a cup of coffee or a, a matcha latte or something like that. Okay. Um, this is a really, this is a good one. Hop the ferry. Okay. Go to Algiers Point. All right. Go to Congregation Coffee. Okay. And you just walk. You guys would be really caffeinated. You'd give me like three coffee joints. Yeah, absolutely. You'd be super caffeinated. Uh, right. huge, huge coffee fan. So I think that's good. You know, you have to pay a few bucks to get on. It's different than yeah. a bicycle. But it's an adventure. It is an adventure. You're on the mighty Mississippi. You're a little Mark Twain-esque. Yeah. And then you go to Algiers Point. You're hanging out there. You're walking around. It's a super sleepy, quiet town with, with uh, the only and best coffee shop in that area, in my opinion. Um, that wouldn't altogether be true, but anyway, so yeah, I would do that. And then for, for dinner, rest in peace. It doesn't exist. This is more so for me. They, they just closed during the pandemic. Um, but Carrollton market in, okay. in the Riverbend area, uh, the reason would be that the chef is great. Uh, we, we became friends, uh, just him coming through district, but sitting at the food bar, and again, I'm always thinking like, what kind of entertainment value can you have mm -hmm. without going to the Sanger and spending 200 bucks? Um, there's something really special about food environments where you can watch people cook, I think. And the chef stands there and you just have the ability to kind of watch the whole kitchen program. So I think that's a really, really nice fun. That's again, that's for me because there's the interaction piece. Um, and uh, Hotel Peter and Paul. Okay. Uh, I think that's a really cool spot. It's got a, a, a great joint downstairs. Uh, we're going to mention coffee again in the morning. There's a spot there, uh, but a really, really old church that costs probably 150 to 200 a night. And um, just a, a good little joint on a, on a side of town that's a little different than where, where you know many would think to go. So you guys doing one night or two night out here? Uh, we're doing one night. One out. night here on this one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I like that. I like I like a lot of those ideas. Um, I almost took something from your first plan about kind of getting out and seeing things. And I would do pick up from one of two places and go to a park. Uh, one would be Margie's Grill mm -hmm. over on Broad. And that's the ultimate pick, out, pick up place. Uh, as a friend of mine referred to it, it's kind of like dinner and a stabbing kind of place. <laughs> Uh, you don't feel super safe walking in, um, but the food is spectacular. Best vegetables my wife said she's ever had. Uh, so I'd pick up there and go to a, a park somewhere uptown mm -hmm. or, or picnic. Uh, picnic provisions right there on Magazine Street. Uh, really good chicken sandwich. Uh, higher end stuff uh, on the chicken sandwich front, uh, but good, good food. I've never Better had anything. Better than Popeye's? Yes. If it were a worth it episode where the $4 versus right. the $10, I'm not sure. It, it would be close. Okay. Uh, it was really good though. And they've got some other great stuff. Never had a bad thing there. And you um, go to Audubon Park. Oh, from Audubon Park. Okay. There, yeah. Um, hotels, I could have gone to a bunch of places. Um, I tell you, I, we really, we stayed a couple of times uh, over at the Queen and Crescent mm -hmm. uh, over there. And I kind of like it. My wife likes those kind of boutique -y feeling hotels. Uh, some of Eliza Jane would be another one similar to that. Again, this is my wife. Your, my, your wife might like like 
clean lines, modern, you know, feel, in which case she wouldn't like either of those places. She'd like, she likes Natchez, Mississippi bed and breakfast. Yeah. Okay. So Hotel Peter Paul was for me. Yeah. <laughs> Southern Hotel on the North Shore would have been another good option there. Same feel only, it almost feels more of a getaway because you're going to the North Shore and there's coffee shops up there and all kinds of, there's the tea room if she's into like super old She school. goes there three to four times a year. Yeah. That would be a, that would be a, a yeah. For the right wife, that would be, if your wife likes to read Jane Austen or watch Jane Austen movies, <laughs> take her to the Southern Hotel. Go to the English. This is a hallmark room. middle yeah. uh, dinner night out experience. Yeah, and so all those plans. This is you know the point of this. All those cost about the same amount of money. But mm -hmm. it, again, it comes down to what what's your wife? What does she like? How do you? Because this isn't about you. If you think this is about you, you've already started off on the wrong foot. Well, I started off on the wrong foot then. Yes, yeah. the second tier was about me. <laughs> the coffee. Um, now another good another good option would be uh, you're talking about parks. We did this uh, this this past week actually. Pizza D uh -huh. and or brats y'all. Okay. Right next door to each other. And you walk to Crescent Park. And okay. it's the best view of the city across the Mississippi. Like like seeing the Mississippi and then the city right behind it. It's not on the West Bank, of course. It's close to like the, it's a Bywater Marigny area. The view of the East Bank is the best thing about the West Bank, right? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> That's correct. So they have a dog park there. So um, there's a lot going on at Crescent Park, actually. That's a really, cool. really cool spot. So I'd recommend that one as well. Um, and go to Pond for coffee. Pond. Pond, P-O-N-D. If you haven't been, you should go. They been. only serve oat milk if you're looking for any type of milk. I don't do milk at all. Okay, well, good. All right. Um, all right, now we've gotten that big raise. Um we finally- This is the second stimulus check. No, we're, we're going, yeah, second stimulus check. Uh, we have opened uh, a franchise of district and now we're just rolling in piles of money. Um, we've already built the Scrooge McDuck dive into the money pool thing and now we're just looking for something extra to do. Yeah. Um, but you only have 48 hours. So what are you doing here? How are you, how do you lavishly- uh, Yeah, so this one, this one reminds me and this, uh, I only put this one because it reminds me of uh, when we, I think we were engaged and we went to Brennan's mm -hmm. and so I'm like 19 or 20 and mm -hmm. it's my first meal probably where I'm taking anyone out and it's a hundred dollars or more. Okay. And so I remember this moment where I'm like, this is breakfast and I just spent <laughs> 100 plus dollars and it was stifling. Like it truly was like a, the most bizarre feeling like it, this can't be for real. I have to tell you my Brennan story, by the way, when this is all okay. done, but yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think like there's some some memory for me. But you're like, I could make eggs at home for like correct. a dollar. That's what I'm saying. I could set something on fire at home too. That banana's foster's not I have. That, that big of a deal. Um, so yeah, I think I started Brennan's because there's just something special for me, once again, yeah. about feeling like, man, this is the best or most high-end experience I've ever had. Mm -hmm. um, this one's for Ashley. This isn't so much high-end, but it, it kind of gives you a, a certain feel of... Uh, bourgeois uh horse and carriage history tour in the french quarter um, okay. when i see people walk like on those i'm like oh they're here in the city to spend a lot of money and a hundred of those dollars are going toward the horse and carriage experience so okay. i would never do that personally because i would like i feel like right uh, and i'm actually we we talked about doing it soon she wants to but um so anyway i think that's so here commander chefs commander's palace chef's table you're okay. going to go spend on a party of four, eight hundred to a thousand dollars. I feel like that for New Orleans is kind of. I don't know how you're going to get any more of a unique experience. We've yeah. done it once. Chef comes to the table. You're in the kitchen, and it books a year in advance. It is as 
fancy as it gets. Yeah. I mean, old school. I mean, where do you go that it's like, oh, it's going to take a year to, to book that. And uh, it was 800 bucks for a party of four, which is, you know, pretty wild. That's pretty crazy. Um, yeah. And it was like, you know, we anticipated it for an entire year. We planned out for it. It was really special. Argyle was our, our server. He's been there for a long time. He has the best curly mustache you've ever seen. Nice. Chef comes over and says, just tell me ideas about what kind of food you kind of like. And you just spit out anything you want all around the table. Mm-hmm. And then they just go to work right there, you know, 10 feet, 15 feet from you to kind of build an entire night course after course after course. So I yeah. feel like that's really a special, unique one. off. And, and Commander is one of those places that like it has a reputation for being a great, great restaurant. And there are places like that who almost feel like they're cliche to mention. But some things are cliche for a reason mm-hmm. it's like no it, it really is their food is really that good they make they put out a great product every time and it's just the experience too yeah. like just being in the kitchen and kind of you're feeling special that night uh, we haven't stayed here but there's uh, I, I just want to to see if it's worth it mm-hmm. the chloe on saint charles okay it's next to what used to be cannons and 4141 now new orleans hamburger and seafood company and uh we we ate there um and the rooms are like four to five hundred bucks a night and I kind of just want to go because I want to see if it's worth it. So incidentally, is it worth it? Um, it is kind of nice that downstairs there's a restaurant, a pool, an outside bar, an inside bar, kind of this outside patio on St. Charles Avenue that's beautiful. It's an old like 14 bedroom, magnificent home that they turned into uh, a hotel, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I think that would be, I don't know how many more places are four or 500 a night in New Orleans. There's some obviously, but... Mm-hmm. But like that, I think that's kind of unique and they opened not too, too long ago. Staying two nights there? Yeah, you know, when I, I guess I haven't, I, I planned this whole thing just kind of in a day. Okay. So you're given, if you're giving me two nights, I'm gonna say I'm gonna spend my second night at my parents' house. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, you have the money, but you just, you just wanna mess with, uh, with, I just, Clint I, and Melinda. yeah, I'm just sentimental, you know? Uh, <laughs> all right. I, so I would have gone a different direction from you on this one. Uh, I'm probably eating at August. Okay. Um, for breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> we went there for lunch actually on an anniversary recently and uh, last year or two years ago. And it was it was really delicious. We did and they used to have like a actually a decently priced lunch menu for for what it was. It was pretty great. Um, but I would do their dinner, which is much more expensive, but we enjoyed everything we had there. It was one of the best meals I'd say we had in the city. Um uh, that would be one big thing that we would hit. I'd like to hit commanders as well, I would say actually. It, that's another one that's on my list. Um uh, and I would, we you know we actually went to Antoine's recently. That's another one that we did, did again. We did, did a cheap like lunch. It? Yeah, we really did. We really? did a cheap lunch there. I went recently. I did not like it. Their lunch is a good deal, and I enjoyed it. Um, and Palace Cafe is another place that I would kind of keep on the list there. Again, it's a little cliche, but again, old, all old school. Yeah, well, August is not as old, but three out of the four you like. I've like never really, had a bad really meal old. there. Their crab meat cheesecake appetizer is really pretty wonderful. It's it's kind of insanely good i think when you get down into that part of town if you're staying down there there's a lot of just you know a lot yeah. of the older old guard of one cool thing we we started doing recently actually uh or my grandparents actually we received a they gave us a cookbook from the 80s new uh-huh. orleans cookbook and it's every restaurant that was in like 1985 their best one recipe and so we've been working down that list oh, cool. from a to z of restaurants and the first i think we're on c and um Antoine's was one of them, but most of them are closed now. Interesting. Wow. Um so, so well, well that you just remind me, speaking of closed restaurants, the other place that is our favorite place to go, 
Um, I say favorite place. We've only been once, but it blew us away. Mm-hmm. It's closed right now for COVID, but a little bird told me it's opening up again soon, which is Maypop. Yeah. Not crazy exorbitantly expensive, although I bet you could do it exorbitantly expensively mm-hmm. uh, while you're there. They just announced on uh, NOLA.com that they'll be opening soon. Yes. So I'm dancing for those of you who can't see it. It's kind of like the Wheel of Fortune dance, if you remember that one. Um, but yeah, just such inventive, great food. I'm doing that. I'm also doing a, we're doing a, a, an escape room. Ah, um, interesting. For us, it brings out the side of my wife, this like super competitive, like just high energy side of her that you don't see a whole lot. Um, this really like intense get in your face type of thing. Uh, I love puzzles. It's a great team building exercise. You get in there. It's like, you know, couples we fight sometimes, but it's fun to have a common opponent that you're fighting against, which mm-hmm. is this puzzle, right? Mm-hmm. So I would do that. I might try to do some bowling too, maybe a Fulton Alley, yeah. something like that, right? Just fun, low key, laid back. Uh, they've got other things there, shuffleboard and stuff like that. That's one thing about the Queen and Crescent, by the way, is that there's a lobby that has shuffleboard okay. in it. That's a lot of fun. Um, so we do that. Now, here's my hack for the two-night staycation. Okay. You only get to go one of the nights. So the first night, your wife goes away by herself, and she gets away from the kids. She gets away from the stress of the house. You are not trying to pull her out of a messy house where she's trying to get the kids ready for the sitter and all that stuff and uh, and is stressed, and it takes her a half a day to a day to just be able to breathe. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's going away. You are taking care of the kids. You are manning up. And you are, you're taking care of those guys and you're making sure they're fed and school and whatever it takes, you are doing that stuff. Uh, the second night you get to go hang out with her. So mm-hmm. that way she gets to go have some time to do some thinking, some reading, some praying, some journaling, just some hanging out, getting her toes did, whatever it is, you know, yep. um, just having that experience of just for her de-stressing, kind of detoxing from the hectic life of a mom, especially if you got a stay at home mom, like let her get away, let her de-stress. And then you can show up and hang out with her and enjoy a second evening together. I think that's a, I think A, you're going to have a happier wife the time that you're there. I think it also just for you, uh, it it adds value, right? It, it kind of helps her to appreciate you and shows that you're an equal partner in this whole raising the kids thing. And you're not just... Uh, swooping in with the with the paycheck and the bacon at the end of the day, mm-hmm. uh, the Benton's bacon. Benton's bacon, very um, salty. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, but but you're you're really doing this thing, and I think that that signal of maturity and responsibility, I think, carries a lot of weight there. So that is my. We did that for the first time recently, and I felt like my wife was so much more relaxed the second day when we were off getting brunch. Just that, you know, uh, how to put it, she. She didn't like the home was far enough away by the time we were hanging out, which yeah. I think was really helpful. Yeah. And you made it you made it better when you arrived. I, <laughs> I, I hopefully didn't make it too much worse. Let's just you know let's put it that way. If I can bring bring technology back around, just something that struck me as I'm thinking about this stuff. Uh, this requires creativity. Yeah, um, technology requires passivity, and I think that uh, there's something about husbands, you know, you can move off of dads and move to husbands for a second, but it's easier for us to be passive than it is to be intentional. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And so what would prevent us from going to waffle house or on a bicycle ride would just simply be like, Hey, we didn't think about it. Uh, yeah. and then what do you do as an alternative? Will you do what just comes natural? That might be in front being in front of the TV. That might be just taking a nap that, I mean, it could be any number of things, but a lot of times those things are just not, you know, they're not planned and you just kind of relax and hang. Mm-hmm. Um, and so technology, I think, and the forms of it that that guys participate in 
um, we should probably just be aware, like that could just be a real sucker when it comes to our marriage. Uh, and we don't think of it that way, but the evidence might very well be, you know, have you taken your wife on a date recently yeah. or have you taken your wife um, on a weekend getaway ever? And, and hey, it's okay if you haven't. Um, and then maybe this is going to kind of help that process a little bit and kickstart it and say, okay, where am I spending my time? Let me track in my, in my yeah. phone. Let me track my time yeah. and see if my usage is up or down. And just like, I mean, we should be tracking like how often we're taking our wives on a date and mm -hmm. is that up or down? Um, <clears throat> if she likes to go to new places, then go to new places. Ashley wants a new place every single time we go out. I just want to be a regular. I want, I want to know their name. I want them to know my name. I want to enjoy it. But yeah. We just go to a new place. It's not time. about you. <laughs> it's not about me. Well, and you know, I think what you said is really, I remember the moment where I realized that like time is this fungible commodity that we have. If I spend at one place, I can't spend another place. And so if I spend half an hour scrolling my phone, that's a half an hour. I wasn't hanging out with my kids. I wasn't planning a date night with my wife. Um, I wasn't out with my wife. I wasn't cleaning the kitchen to help her feel less stressed. I wasn't fixing that thing in the house. I was, I was choosing to do that over these other things. And that's not to say that there's never a time to relax, but I have to realize that when I make a choice to do something, there's that opportunity cost of all the things I'm choosing not to do with that time. And even if you're not thinking that you're choosing these things, you can't not choose, you're doing something. And I think you're absolutely right. Like, where do I want to invest my time? What am I going to look up from, you know, five years from now and be like, what do I wish I would have been doing with this time? Mm -hmm. Um, cause yeah. And now I'll tell you what, a lot of restaurant ideas and hotel ideas and activity ideas, like social media can be good for that. And, sure. You know, you can yeah, use that. Sure. Like you talked about this, using it creativity, creatively for, uh, for inspiration for things. I think that's a great use for it. Um, I stumbled across a couple of places. Margie's the place I mentioned. Yeah. I was like, their food looks fantastic. I've never heard of them. Yeah. Um, Eater, Thrillist. If yeah. I don't know what those are. Those are just simple websites that can help with that kind of stuff. Yeah. That kind of stuff really helps, uh, just spark the, the memory. And, and I know, you know, we talked about stuff that even the cheap stuff, like you, it takes time, it takes energy, it takes a sitter, yeah. uh, which by the way, if you don't have family that can do this stuff, that's a great way to do this in general. Like, Hey, grandparents, we don't get the idea about like, we don't really understand how much grandparents like being around their grandkids for the most part. We think of it as an inconvenience, but like, I know that my parents and my, my in-laws love being around the kids. And it's not a burden for them to spend the night up there. It's kind of a fun adventure for the kids. And it's a fun adventure for the grandparents too. For us, just like us being at home, stay-at-home dads uh, over the weekend, for us, it's an adventure. For our wives, it's Friday, Saturday. You know, it's just the same thing that they, right. they typically do. So using those avenues, if your parents aren't in town, maybe find another couple in the same predicament and, you know, a couple you trust swap it and out. swap. Be like, hey, we'll do one night this quarter. You do one night the next quarter. Um, cause man, babysitting does make things expensive and you've yeah. got older kids. You can kind of get away for date nights without worrying about In that. In-house babysitters. Yeah. For me, once they like, turn six, we just kind of let it rip, you know? <laughs> you know, I'm in the phase where it's like, I either got to spend 150 to, because you build in that 40, $50 of the babysitting costs. Like I'm either spending 150 to $200 on a nice dinner, a hundred to $150 or $75 to $125 on an okay dinner or $50 on coffee. And I don't love any of those ideas, if I'm honest, right? <laughs> um, so figuring out a way to solve that 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 uh, babysitting piece is tricky, and I get that. That's maybe even a bigger obstacle for you than than the money. Um, but find a way. I encourage you to find a way. Be creative. Ask your wife. Brainstorm with her. Um, she'll love to even just know that you're thinking about these things and that you care about her enough to that it's on your radar. And, and I think this is true too. Not not all wives ask to be taken out, right? 
Um, and if they don't, maybe you would ask them, they say, no, I don't need it. And I would just say, just don't believe them. Um, <laughs> if they're in, if they're in mom mode, like dad, you know, I mean, we're, we know what it's like to be, you know, that'd be like us saying if, if my wife, she does, she stays at home. Now she says she does need it. But if she were to say she doesn't, that would be like me saying going to work. Oh no, I don't need a day off. Right. Um, you know, similar to it falls short somewhat, but I think that's important. So if, if uh, dads are not actively doing this stuff, fathers are not, or husbands rather, not actively just saying proactive, I'm going to take you out uh, and you're waiting on your wife's signal or you're waiting on her to kind of say something, that would not be the way to go. Just be proactive, right? That's reactive, yeah. And, yeah, and just say like, hey, I, I'm just going to assume that you need some time away mm-hmm. and hopefully that time away with me is, is good. Uh, the book, Date Your Wife, I don't know if you've read Date Your Wife, it's by Justin Buzzard. Um, and there's some things about it I like, there's some things that I, I think are a little iffy. Some of his ideas seem a little bit like, wow, it's nice that you have all these people with nice houses you can swap houses with up in, uh, in these friends up in Northern California that you can just like, oh, I'm going to stay at their house over in, you know, LA or, or uh, San Francisco or whatever. Um, but what I do like is that he has an intentional plan. He has like a an air war where he's got like monthly plans and he's got a ground war of like weekly plans of like mm-hmm. how he's going to be intentional about dating his wife. And he he puts the cost of like these things that he's doing in there. And, and, and it's a, an older book, so you have to prorate the cost that he's got in there. But the question I asked earlier is one that I borrowed from that book, which is the cost of doing this plan for a year is X number of dollars. Cost of not doing this, question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a cost to everything that we do mm-hmm. and everything that we don't do. And for us to, to think that, uh, oh, I'm just going to, it's too expensive to take my wife out on these things. It's too expensive to do a date night regularly to, to do babysitting. First, I'd ask, what are you spending that money on instead? And if, if, it, if money is tight, I totally get that. Mm-hmm. But ask yourself, is it really, or am I just making other choices with it? That's a valid question to ask yourself, sure. I think. And Waffle House, seriously, or the like, yeah. is always an option. It's like 10 bucks. Yeah, it's just getting away. I know. It's just taking um, the time. Bring a board game to play or something. You know, like not a Waffle House, it'll not stick to the table. <laughs> uh, but I mean, Atticus and I, we've done some kid dates and we've gone over to the district and just sat and played a game together. And that can be fun. Um, but yeah, the cost of not doing this, like what's the long-term cost of just ne- ne- neglecting this part of your marriage? Um, I think too, like, can I say, I think our kids, you know, so go back to a, being a dad. One of the things I, I'm very, very intentional about is, is talking about date night coming up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, my kids hear this all the time. Hey, y'all, mama, she probably wants me to take her out again soon. And I'm saying that and, and they laugh mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, you know, I got to take her out again. And it, it mm-hmm. was, it's a bit... Um, but what they're going to grow up remembering for sure is like, dude, they were always going to hang. They really you know? liked each other. Yeah. They were just always into each other. Yeah. She would always get dialed up and he would get dressed up and then they would just go, kind of go hang or casual. It doesn't, yeah. Not all dressed up. And that, that brings me to a good point. So guys, you, you might feel pressure here. And this is a much bigger topic that we'll probably get to when it pops maybe later this year or next year. Um, I don't want you to think of these things and think, by default romance either. I think that's that's something that guys sometimes will, and I, I can make this mistake of think date night or getaway equals romance. Right. Um, because that may not be what your wife needs in that moment. Yeah. She, maybe she does want to be romanced and I get that. And maybe you're thinking, hey, night away, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, you know. But real talk, maybe she just wants to just hang out yeah. and go to bed early and read a book. Or like the idea that, oh, if I do this and if I play my cards right, then I get some kind of benefit out of it. Um, 
I feel like even that expectation can put pressure on your wife that will make the whole thing less enjoyable Mm -hmm. as opposed to let's just hang out with each other. Let's just enjoy. Let's laugh together. Let's tell jokes. Let's reminisce about when we were, you know, we're young and dumb and got married, you know, and didn't know what we were doing. Um, Now I'm old and don't know what I'm doing. You know, (laughs) Um, less adorable. Um, But seriously, like I would say, don't feel like it needs to be this big shebang. Don't feel like it needs to be romantic. You need to have like flowers everywhere. Like, just like make it about yourselves, make it about, and not like selfishly, but make it about the relationship, make it about connection uh, and just showing care, you know, really just being friends. Yeah. And, and, and sometimes it's like, it's not even about, this sounds silly, but it's not even about connection. It's it for her, for me, it could be very much about disconnection, right? Like just, Hey, it doesn't have to be like, Hey, uh, how was your day? Yeah. Or like, how was your week? That stuff, at least for Ashley, she's not trying to have that conversation. Yeah. She wants to go hang out. She yeah. wants to like laugh and yeah. she wants to be like, hey, what do you want to get on this menu? And like, oh my gosh, look at that house. Let's drive by that house again. That was so pretty. Like a complete disconnect from that difficult, laborious. Well, what we system. always say is our favorite thing about getaways is being responsible for nobody but ourselves for 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. Just like I don't have anybody relying on me for for their existence. Yeah. I get to just, just like be a person, yeah. um, which especially for, if you're a stay at home, if your wife's a stay at home mom, uh, she, be, it's so easy to, for them, for the kids specifically to think of them as just this like robot that gets them things and does things for them. And it's so easy to lose that humanity mm-hmm. as a stay at home mom day in, day out, uh, to just let her go out and be a human being, just a person. Um, which goes back to like not having romantic expectations necessarily. Yeah, just like, yeah. man, just let her be a person. Let right. her give her some some autonomy there to just decide what she wants to eat instead yeah. of picking the food that everybody will eat. Right. You know that kind of stuff. So, uh, guys, again, do it if you have questions about this stuff. Like, I think about this stuff a lot. Aaron thinks about this stuff a lot. Uh, he's a great resource to be like, hey, what's a good place to go try in this neighborhood? Aaron, he honestly he's way better at taking his wife out on dates than I am. Um, pick his brain. Uh, you know, or just meet with other friends. Talk to your wife. Pick your wife's brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Figure out what would serve her well. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So, uh, Aaron, thank you for your time, man. Thanks for bringing the kids. They did remarkably well. They did honestly. very well. They, I guess other than us having to splice it out nine times because they came in over and over. I think it was just twice and there was a bathroom assistance that I had to do. And that was really, really, it wasn't too bad. The kids handled themselves well. We'll have to give kudos. We just gave them donuts and put on a movie, really, is what it came down to. So, uh, seriously, thank you for your time. Uh, thanks for coming for dinner. I enjoyed the girls getting a chance to hang out. Uh, and hopefully I'll see you next, uh, next Pops. That's great. That's right, guys. Next Pops is... April 24th, it's Saturday morning at Lakeview. Uh, it is... Who's going to be speaking? 8.30 in the morning. I will be speaking. Really? What a treat. Uh, and I've told you, I'm going to give you the one that requires the least of you. I'm going to ask you to do less than all these other dads are going to ask you to do. So, you got to bring a good dad joke? Uh, I've got a great one, actually. You might want to start and or finish, not and or, but uh, or finish these podcasts with a dad joke. I might. Um, Not necessarily now. I don't want to put the pressure on Well, no, I, I have a good one. Okay, uh, good. So this is one of my favorite dad jokes is, uh, and it ties back to our funeral topic earlier. It's okay. a funeral dad joke. It's a very sad joke. Uh, so a, a man's passed away and his wife is there. And, and and another, a friend comes up to her and says, a friend of his says, um, excuse me, ma'am, do you mind if I say a word? And she says, sure. And so he goes up to the pulpit and leans up on the pulpit and goes to the microphone and says, plethora. And then he walks away. And as he's walking by, she says, thanks. That means a lot.
<laughs> Did y'all get it yet? That means a lot. That's a good one. I love that joke um, more than I probably should. So anyway, so next Saturday morning, I'll have to have a use a new joke, I guess, because I'm going to use that one. Uh, I'm going to require less of you than any. I'm asking you to do less than anybody else is going to ask you to do in any of their pops talks. So come check it out. Uh, April 24th, 830. See you guys then.